0: Gentlemen, no matter what you think about this guy, he's got a lot of wisdom. You know, a lot of people view him as a controversial figure because he takes a stand on things that they may or may not agree with. I'll let you know, guys, I don't agree with Jordan Peterson on everything, but I have found that this man has a lot of wisdom. And so today, our Manly Chunks of Wisdom are quotes from Jordan Peterson. Manly Chunks of Wisdom on the Manly Hood Mancast. All right guys, as we delve into our manly chunks of wisdom, it's important to know, guys, what this podcast is about is looking at wisdom that we can boil down into chunks that we can digest, right? You know, if you put a big old steak on your plate, you're going to cut it up into pieces you can fit in your mouth. You know, the world is full of amazing authors and amazing thinkers, and they take a lot of time to write amazing works that we can learn from. I like the idea that we can take and we can boil it down so we can digest it, and that's what I'm trying to do here today with Manly Chunks of Wisdom, is to make a lot of the work simpler so that those of us who don't have a whole lot of time to dig in can still learn and still grow and still pull in stuff that we can that we can learn from, from some of these great men and some of the wisdom that they offer. Guys, today we're talking about Jordan Peterson. Now, again... Just saying the name Jordan Peterson will make a lot of you say, I'm not going to listen to this episode because he takes a stance on X that I don't agree with, or he takes a stance on Y that I don't agree with. Oh, well. Oh, well. Something I learned from my dad growing up was you can learn something from everybody. You know, he taught me that. There was a a mentally, uh, an intellectually disabled person in our neighborhood who would walk the street and, come by and dad was always kind to him and we learned a lot from this man because my dad taught me you can learn from anyone sometimes you can learn things not to do and not to think from someone sometimes you can learn things to think from someone and i think we need to apply this principle regardless of the way that we see them politically or regardless of the way we see all of their opinions so we can learn from from Donald Trump and we can learn from Barack Obama and we can learn from Joe Biden Right. If we look at some very opposite polar figures, we can learn from people we disagree with and we need to learn to do that. So I'm I'm giving you that nice disclaimer before we start this, because like I said, this guy is polarizing for some reason. And I honestly, you know, I think most of the people that run their mouth about Jordan Peterson have never actually read or listened to Jordan Peterson, because if they did, they'd realize he seems to be actually a fairly kind guy with a tender heart who cares about men. He cares about women. He cares about culture. He cares about society. He cares about people. I see that in him. Whether or not you agree with him, he cares. He's not heartless. He's not cruel. He just says things you disagree with. And if you look at what he's doing and what he's saying, most people I think could pull some things out of that that are useful. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to pull out some nuggets from the writings and teachings of Jordan B. Peterson. The first manly chunk of wisdom, guys, Peterson says, I don't think that you have any insight whatsoever into your capacity for good until you have some well-developed insight into your capacity for evil. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, guys. You know, every one of us has the potential to do great harm and great evil in the world. And if you read, I'm not saying we need to embrace the evil and the dark and the hard things that we can do, but I think you need to be aware of them. And when you can really be aware of them, then you can know what good you can do. Because sometimes the good that you can do is just not being evil. That, that, that takes even more muster to be able to control yourself. Good thoughts. In 12 Rules for Life, Peterson says, when you have something to say, silence is a lie. A lot of truth there, guys. Way too often, we have things that need to be said. And we keep our mouth shut because we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to tick people off. We don't want to invoke the ire of the cancelers and the people that disagree and the people that want to create problems. But sometimes you need to speak up. And it's important that we do it. Peterson says, you're going to pay a price for every bloody thing you do and everything you don't do. You don't get to choose to not pay a price. You get to choose which poison you're going to take. That's it. I've talked about this recently when I said that even good decisions can have bad consequences because everything has a price. And those good choices you make may mean that you have to walk through the price of that good choice. Sometimes... That price can be hard and can be difficult, but that price is a better price than the price of not doing the right thing. Peterson says, you can only find out what you actually believe rather than what you think you believe by watching how you act. You simply don't know what you believe before that. You're too complex to understand yourself. Yeah. What you believe, guys... What you believe has a direct impact on what you act. And if you think that it's any different than that, then you're misguided. Because you can say you believe something, but if your actions aren't lining up with it, then what you're saying you believe does not really truly reflect it. You've got to line them up together. And you have to see that the fruit of your belief is your actions. If you don't understand why someone is doing something, look at the consequences of their actions, whatever they may be, and then infer the motivations from their consequences. For example, if someone is making everyone around them miserable, and you'd like to know why, their motive may simply be to make everyone around them miserable, including themselves. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We do that, don't we? And we see people doing that. Sometimes the very real inference of the reason someone's acting is because they hate themselves and they hate everybody around them or they just want to create misery, they want to create chaos. Those are the people that we should either encourage to change or avoid. Peterson says, if you fulfill your obligations every day, you don't need to worry about the future. You know, I know that you wouldn't think... (laughs) You know, that somebody who says, just go clean your room is uh, is speaking that much truth to the world. But that's a great place to start. I don't know. Look, uh, you guys can see the nice stuff on the, on the studio, right? But uh, I got a mess. I got more than enough messes to clean up and obligations that I need to fulfill that I'm not doing a great job with in some places. And you know what? If I start with those things, I don't need to worry about the future. You know, James Clear talks about atomic habits, you do those things that you need to do every day. And that's how you get the direction that you want to go. And you make those small changes in your daily habits, that's how you get to your end result. Honestly, just in terms of worry itself, right anxiety and worry, you have a lot less of it if you take care of your responsibilities. It took untold generations to get you where you are. A little gratitude might be in order. If you're going to insist on bending the world to your way, you better have your reasons. Guys, that right there is something that so many people in this world today really need to stop and think about and understand. The people before you who thought differently than you, right? Because we all, as in our younger years, we look at the generations before us and we say, Oh, they knew nothing about the way the world is or the way the world should be. And I think we have to have some gratitude for what they've done for us, the the, the way they have paved for us. And before we insist on changing everything, we need to make sure we know what we're doing. You know, everybody in the world today thinks that the world owes them something it doesn't I think before we decide it's time to have a revolution in our culture we need to make sure that we know what we're rebelling against what we're revolting against and is it worth doing or is there actually something to this you know culture has shifted in a way where I mean it might actually be time right we're on like a we're on a couple generations now of of cultural revolution and I think it's starting to shift back Make sure you've got your reasons. Are we shifting away from uh, the way things have been because these things are a mess? And I think honestly some of these things are worth shifting away from. But make sure that you're grateful for what we have and why it is the way it is. Don't just toss out everything because it sucks. (laughs) Look at why it is the way it is. And think about the people that have gone before you and the, the, the things that they've made. And let's have some gratitude. To suffer terribly and to know yourself as the cause, that is hell. That's uh, Peterson from 12 Rules for Life. Now, I mean, I, as a Christian who takes the things the Bible says fairly literally, I actually think there's a real hell. You know, there's a eternal separation from God kind of hell. But I do think that that hell can be mirrored on earth. And I think that, yeah, when you're terribly suffering and you know yourself as the cause... That's a nice picture of what hell is. It's that reminder that there is a real hell, I think. I believe that's what that means. I, I know Peterson is a person who tends to think about some of those biblical concepts and think of them as metaphors. And I don't think that they're enti- he's entirely wrong. I think that they, they echo in our life now, right? But, I, I mean, I, I actually think they're literal, real things as well. But... I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that I agree with this quote in its entirety. I would say, to suffer terribly and to know yourself as the cause, that is very much like hell. That's how I would interpret this quote. And yeah, that should motivate us actually, to recognize that we should work to alleviate suffering in our life by making better decisions. Don't underestimate the power of vision and direction. These are irresistible forces able to transform what might appear to be unconquerable obstacles into traversable pathways and expanding opportunities. Strengthen the individual. Start with yourself. Take care with yourself. Define who you are. And refine your personality. Choose your destination and articulate your being. As the great 19th century German philosopher Frederick Nietzsche so brilliantly noted, he whose life has a why can bear almost any how. I'm not a huge fan of Nietzsche just because, you know, I don't agree with all of his philosophy, but this is some good philosophy that Nietzsche said, he whose life has a why can bear almost any how. And this is so true, guys. Your purpose, your vision, your mission, who you are, your identity is something you need to know. You need to know why you do what you do. Because when you do that, you can handle the cost of your choices. You can handle the cost of your decisions. Because you've defined who you are and what you're here to do and why you're here. When you do that, everything else falls into place. And I think that so often what happens is we don't really know who we are. We don't really know why we're here. We don't really know our vision and what we're meant to do and what we want to do. And then, when hard times come, when the cost of the choices come, it's really easy to just give up. So, make sure you know who you are, what your calling is, why God made you. And I think that really gives you a clear picture, guys. The purpose of life, as far as I can tell, is to find a mode of being that is meaningful that the fact that life is suffering is no longer relevant. I think this relates very well to the last quote. If, if, if being is so meaningful that the suffering that happens in life doesn't matter, then it's, then it's actually a good purpose. You know? Find that meaning in your life. Find that purpose. Because, again, when you do, you can endure the how. You can endure the hardship because you know what means something good to you. So strive for it. Look for it. Dig for it. It's a treasure. That meaning, that purpose, that's a treasure. And you know that, it's, that it exists and that it's out there. I'm telling you it is. I know. So dig for it because that's part of the fun is the finding it. Perhaps you are overvaluing what you don't have and undervaluing what you do. Yeah, I think that's good. It's easy to look at my life and to see the things that I want to have and to kind of look at them as like a dream, right? Look at them as a goal. Look at them as like the thing that I just am lusting after, that I'm craving, that I really want to have. And then when I do that, I overvalue it and then I undervalue what I do because what I do is what's going to lead me to having that thing. If I want to have a vacation in Tahiti, right, if I overvalue it because I don't have it and then I undervalue what it takes to get there, I'll never have it. Ideologies are substitutes for true knowledge and ideologues are always dangerous When they come to power. Because a simple-minded, I-know-it-all approach. Is no match for the complexity of existence. You know. This is very true. And we see this. In many situations. Where someone will get so attached. To the ideology. The thing that they want to believe. The belief system. The structure. the, The principles. And then they. They latch on to that and then nothing else can be true. Nothing else could possibly be, be good. And when, when that happens, that's a dangerous position because if you think you know everything, what happens when something else is different? What happens when the difference comes along? We should pursue true knowledge and true wisdom and truth and be open to the fact that I might get it wrong. I might be wrong. To embrace that, I think gives you a lot more power. To a- acknowledge that this thing that I believe, I'm going to hold this thing in a position where I can, where it can hold up. To, if if you can't be scrutinized, if it can't be questioned, how do you even know it's real? You know, and as a as a Christian, I'm somebody who I might be a little closed minded about my beliefs. Right, I'm not going to you know, acknowledge and embrace every idea that counteracts that thing that I believe. And I'm okay with some of that because I think it's important. But I also think it's important to know and understand that not every thing that I believe has to be absolutely 100% true. There are things that I I believe because I think they're true. (laughs) And I've found in my faith journey, for example, that many of the things I thought were true aren't. They were misunderstood. I have found... Now, I still believe that there is a God. I still believe in what I believe is a biblical Christianity. But there are parts of that that I used to believe that I don't believe now because I've seen different and I've learned different. I've learned a few things different. And so I I, I hold my theology a little bit loose. There are certain things that I'm never going to bend on. There are certain things that I can say, well, I might be a little bit wrong about that one. And I think that there's a power in acknowledging and to being able to be taught, to be teachable. Now that's just about theology, but it's the same thing with politics. You know, if we hold on to this ideology that this particular political party teaches me to hold on to, what happens when you find out that that political party has been lying? If you are so attached to the ideology That you then look past all of the wrongs that you've been taught. eh, That's a problem. So let's be teachable. If you are not willing to be a fool, you can't become a master. Again, teachability, guys. You've got to be willing to be taught. You have to be willing to acknowledge that we might not know everything. I don't know why this is so hard for men... I think it's a pride thing. I think that there is a pride that we hold on to. And, and I hate the word pride because I think there's multiple meanings for pride. You know, some pride is confidence and that's not a bad thing, right? Some pride is toxic when we think of ourselves too highly. You know, if you want to be a master, if you really want to know and you want to be the best you can be, you've got to be able to be taught. You have to be willing to know that there are things you don't know. Admit that. Hold on to that and be teachable. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Guys, comparison is a trap. Like the kind of trap that the Viet Cong would dig a hole and put nails in so you would step on it and fall in and die. Comparison is a trap and it's deadly. Do not fall for it. Don't scroll through Instagram and see the guy that's living the life you think you want to have and think that that's who you should be. That's just going to make you envious and jealous and hollow and empty. No. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. If who you were yesterday was better than who you are today, then it's time to make changes so that you can change that. Only compare yourself to yourself. Don't look at Josh and say, I want to be like him. No, because that's the thing. You're, you're, not, you're not even looking at all of Josh. You don't even know all of Josh. And you don't know what I've borne and what I've carried and what I've suffered through. You don't know all of the mistakes I've made and all the stupid decisions I've made. If you try to pattern yourself after me, you're going to be left hollow and empty. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday and say, Can I be better than that? Can I improve? Comparison steals joy. In the West, we have been withdrawing from our tradition, religion, and even nation centered cultures. Partly to decrease the danger of group conflict, but we are increasingly falling prey to the desperation of meaninglessness, and that is no improvement at all. Yes, Peterson. Thank you, Jordan Peterson, because this is true. Our Western culture is struggling with identity. And I like to say we're throwing out babies with bathwater. Right? We look at some of the things that we don't like about our culture. This happened in the 60s, especially with the cultural revolution, the sexual revolution. We looked at all these things that we say, oh, we don't like this. We don't want this anymore. And then we threw out all of these things that had value and that were there for a reason. And now we have people who are desperate and looking for meaning and they can't find it because the things that were giving us meaning as a culture, we've abandoned. That's not improvement. That's not improvement. The better ambitions have to do with the development of character and ability, rather than status and power. Status, you can lose. You carry character with you wherever you go, and it allows you to prevail against adversity. I like this, guys. Yeah, status, don't worry about what other people think about you. Worry about who you are and how you do And doing the right thing. Your character. Worry about that. The successful among us delay gratification. The successful among us bargain with the future. Yeah. That principle guys of delayed gratification. I want to go buy the thing I want now. (laughs) I want to just go fix my problem now. And I I, I struggle with that. And the problem is if I do that. I'm not going to reach my desired outcome. It takes time to get there. And, and if I want something in the future, I have to make sacrifices and changes now. That's that bargaining with the future. And if you think tough men are dangerous, wait until you see what weak men are capable of. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, our culture has painted men in a way since that cultural revolution that we talked about, Right? has painted men in a way where we view them as dangerous. And I also don't think necessarily that being dangerous is bad, also like Peterson. But you want to talk about danger, talk about men who are not capable of doing the right thing, who are weak, who give in. They're the ones that make the worst difference in the world. They're the ones who collapse society. They're the ones who hurt society people and victimize people and take advantage of people. They're the ones who don't delay gratification. They just go out and take what they want because they're weak. Tough men are dangerous, but that's good. It's good to be dangerous. It's not good to be destructive. And that's what weak men are capable of. Guys, that's my quotes from Jordan Peterson. I want to encourage you guys to Weigh in on some of this stuff. If, if you can't stand Peterson and you're like, why would Josh do that? Feel free to argue with me. <laughs> Let me know. Go into the, the uh, Facebook page on uh, you know, the, the private Facebook group, the Manlyhood Man Cave, and let's start a discussion. Tell me why you don't like what he says. Tell me what's wrong with it. Because what I see when I read these quotes is I see a man who's got some wisdom that we can learn from. Do you agree with them on everything? Yeah, You shouldn't agree with anybody on everything. Heck, I don't agree with myself on everything. But I'm going to tell you what, there's some good stuff here, guys, that we can apply to our life that will make us live a better life. That's what Manly Chunks of Wisdom here on the Manly Hood Mancast is all about. Anyway, guys, I hope this was helpful for you. I just want to remind you that I love you and I'm proud of you. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Manly Chunks of Wisdom on the Manly Hood Mancast. If you want to be a better husband, father, leader, a better man, you need to join our private Facebook group, the Manlyhood Man Cave. Join today. Please help us out with a like, comment, share, and subscribe, and check us out at manlyhood.com.